Welcome back to the Messy Reality Breakdown with your host, Ray. And your girl, Lily. The podcast where we break down our favorite reality shows in the name of fun, shade, and a splash of messiness. How you doing, Ray? I'm doing great. How about you? How was your New Year's? You know, I'm excited. We're stepping into 2023 on episode 10. You know, I can't complain. How about you? Same here. I'm just happy for the New Year and... Yeah, I'm ready for this to get going. I am too. I'm excited. 2022 was a, it was a rocky year, but I'm feeling really great about the new year. So, mm-hmm. anywho, we are, of course, covering one of my favorite reality shows. Um, and, of course, it is The Real Housewives of Potomac. We are on season one, episode 10, the season finale. Ray, tell us, what is the name of this episode? It's called Rules of Enragement. Mm, a nice little play on words. Yeah. Well, tell us, how did this show start? So this episode started with Sharice waking up the next morning after getting turned for her 50th birthday party. Okay. And she mentioned a comment saying that, you know, she woke up all by herself. I I don't know. For me, it was weird in the moment when I was like, why was she, why did she say that? I'm like, of course she's going to wake up by herself because she's like, her marriage isn't good. Was she expecting someone else? But then I realized maybe she just also wants her husband there. I was like, oh. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure that when she had visions, maybe, of turning mm-hmm. 50, I don't think she thought that it would be her being alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... A little shady already. I mean, God, yeah, dog. I see how we start this episode off. Yeah, getting right to the mess. We are. And she's on the phone with her friend and blah, blah, blah. So then we have Robin and Giselle with their children and they're meeting up for horseback riding. Ray, have you ever rode a horse before? I haven't. Um, have you? <laughs> no. <laughs> Let's well, did it have count. two legs or four? Uh-huh. <laughs> Actually, we can say three, honey, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, <laughs> um, so yes, they get together for horseback riding, and you know they were like, "Are you guys excited?" And Robin's child, me and you, little Corey, he was like, he wasn't excited to ride the horses. Mm-hmm. Looks like something that would be fun, though. I think I would be yeah. a little bit afraid, though. Same, yeah. I don't know what if, I don't know if I would I'd probably be like Corey and just sit next to Robin and like watch. Just watch. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, Robin says that she's never rode a horse before, but Giselle is not a stranger to um horseback riding. Mm-hmm. And you know, they sit down, like you said, and they're kind of watching everyone. And Robin was talking about the other child saying that Juan was like he wasn't really a fan of his son getting on the horse because they had a basketball game coming up. Mm-hmm. And then they start to open up about just, I guess, Katie and um, Ashley. Oh, Oh, okay. Okay. No, sorry. No, because doesn't Robin mention, too, that she wonders what's going to happen with her relationship with Juan now that he's staying in Maryland? You saw that I just skipped that over. Because who cares? I mean... Yeah, yeah, I I get it. Yeah. Do we we really know... I mean, we could talk about it. I just feel like, I understand. regardless of if he's in Maryland or if he's like somewhere in another state, I mm-hmm. really don't think that it's going to affect their relationship one way or the other because it seems like Robin is stuck, mm-hmm. meaning like she's not trying to make fetch happen. 
Mm-hmm. Like, do you catch a vibe from Robin that she's trying to work on her? I don't even know what you want to, again, relationship, always say that in air quotes. No, like I said, I think it's just more so complacency. Mm-hmm. And I guess, yeah, that's what we'll see. But again, they're, regardless of whatever happens, they'll be together for the kids. So, you know, typical divorce, separate parent type stuff. But, you know, I told you last time, I think they're with each other for the children, but also because it's more financially convenient as well. Well, we will talk about that later at the yes, end of the we episode. Will. So yes, we will. you can continue. But, well, yeah. So then they kind of have the conversation about Katie and Ashley at the party or whatever. And mm-hmm. just taking to taking it to offense that they were accused of being biracial. Mm-hmm. And Robin kind of opens up about wanting her children to be around more black folks um and she said that she's seen black people kind of have identity issues growing up in predominantly white areas or maybe they were in black areas but maybe went to like mm-hmm. private schools you know just kind of sheltered yeah. from the culture and so in her opinion she feels like maybe katie and ashley are kind of having those same issues but i feel like they might have been more so talking about katie what do you think they could have been yeah, t- talking about Katie, but I don't know. I, I have a lot to say on this. Let's go. I just think that, you know, they talk about, again, again, wanting that they're, sorry, their kids to be around Black people to have that sense of community and not feel alienated. But these are the same people who live in Potomac. Mm. You know, well, we all know it's not really Potomac, but they still but I know live what you mean. The- yeah, and which is a mostly white area. And like, yes, the U.S. itself is segregated everywhere. We know this. But like, I'm just speaking as someone who lives in the DMV. Like, there are white, mostly white areas. There's mostly black areas. And there's certain areas that are, you know, somewhat kind of diverse. So, and these women also have money. So it's like they do have the privilege to kind of move where they want. and But then they, like, move to Potomac. And for me, it's like, look, one hand, I don't have an issue where you want to live. That's your choice. But I do have an issue when you want to question someone else's blackness mm-hmm. in the same respect, in the same, you know, instance. It's just it's like, OK, if, the, if we're going to open the door to that, then why are you living where you're living? You know, mm-hmm. you know what? My only only criticism or I don't know, I feel personally that every child should grow up in diversity period yeah i know that we can't help it because it's more of a rooted issue like Mm -hmm. as far as like geographical like it all kind of goes back down to reconstruction the reconstructive Mm -hmm. area or i'm sorry era as far as like the south is concerned but i feel like you know i moved around a lot as a kid so i lived in predominantly black areas predominantly diverse areas predominantly like like all of it Mm -hmm. and i really feel like i grew the most as a person and the ability to understand people and you know whatever is when i grew up in diverse areas Mm -hmm. um because i feel like sometimes you can come off a little bit tone deaf yeah if you're in one place that's more concentrated than the other Um, But I definitely agree with you. You can't make the complaint about people needing black history lessons or saying that they're having identity issues when you yourself are not putting your children in an environment to grow up in diverse. And like like you said, we all want our children Mm -hmm. to have better, but you also have control. Like I know there has to be black areas that are well to do in the DMV area. I mean, I don't know. I assume that there are. 
right? Uh, yeah, definitely. So where Candace lives, so I believe it's Upper Marlboro, it's like mostly like black professionals. Mm-hmm. So it's not, you know, Unheard it's of. pretty common. Yeah. So, and there's others too, but that one stands out. Waldorf, like black middle, mostly black middle class area. She wanted to like, you know, be around mostly black people in her certain type of demographic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then it's not, you know, there's some areas here. And so then, um, so Giselle comes up with the idea that she wants to have a luncheon with the lady. She wants it to be like a come to Jesus lunch. Mm-hmm. Just to kind of like talk out their issues. Do you think that if a person is messy, should they be appropriate? Are they the like an appropriate host to like try to have people smooth out their issues, knowing that they're probably a part of the problem as well? No. No. Moving on. <laughs> Tell us what happens next, Ray. So what happens next that we see Raven, um, Karen's daughter, is packing up to get her stuff ready to head off to college. And Karen is just giving her some last minute advice before she leaves the nest. And then Karen mentions that, you know, her and Ray are going to go out. They're dating again and they're planning on going out on more dates. And she mentions that there's a use of handcuffs. Possibly mm-hmm. involved, you know. Hey, okay, Karen and Ray. <laughs> yeah, okay, Karen and Ray. That's <laughs> 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 trying to hype up their sex life. <laughs> we don't know what happens behind closed doors. <laughs> Pretty sure nothing. <laughs> I can see him now. All right, baby, you want me to go get the uh, the handcuffs? You know. <laughs> I can, you get, you don't get you don't I I can I get I can get some you know I might get some dominatrix vibes from the both of the definitely ain't coming from Ray's but I, I can't see can you see Ray grabbing a whip and going Ka-pish. no exactly I do but... now I can see Karen taking the whip or the whip and mm-hmm. going like and Ray go <laughs> like you know that laughing yeah. all the time <laughs> <laughs> I feel like she takes control. Yeah. You think he got three legs? Never mind. Continue. Well, speaking of, and also speaking of control, Karen um, is also goes into at the whole Ashley situation, and she says that she raised Raven as a classy lady with standards, and that's the reason why she doesn't want Ashley around her. And honestly, at this point, I'm really tired of it. Like, I understand that is your daughter and I under, you know, you want her, like you said before, wanting her to be around certain people, you know, cause you raised her, you know, I, and you're the mother. But I feel like, again, she keeps harping on this like as like a dead horse. It's really ridiculous. And in my opinion, I don't think Rhea Ashley is that bad. She really isn't. I think Karen has control issues. Cause you know, you made me think about something, mm-hmm. but Karen was trying to give Raven rules about what mm-hmm. to do once she goes off to college. Um, no. I feel like, I, I did not, I, so I went to college, but I didn't get the experience of like living on campus and being away from my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can guarantee you that if I did, F them rules. F them, you know, what you gonna, you yeah. can't tell me what I'm about to do. I think she has control issues. Do you remember the excitement of like going away from college for the first time and being on your own? Like did your I parents do. ever talk to you? No, so I'm gonna just. So I actually went. So after I graduated high school, I went to um, community college first, 
I didn't graduate. I just transferred after I was there for two years because I was really wanting to get out of the area. I'm like, I want to leave. I want to actually, yeah, I had this college experience and I was about 19 and honestly didn't have a conversation. It was just kind of like by this point, like, you know, just be safe, you know, know better and stuff. But I would say like, it's definitely something I would suggest people do. Like, let's say if you want to go to college, like, I feel like it's best to kind of move away from the nest if you and just kind of get that experience on your own. Because one, it, you get to kind of learn more about yourself when you're not around, like, you know, people who really know you. Mm. And you just, you know, you get open to new experiences. So... Yeah, I definitely have that regret, but I'm very happy for Raven. But mm-hmm. I just feel like, Karen, you've already done your job as a mom. Mm-hmm. And I think that because you've laid out the groundwork for her, I don't think you have to really worry about your child getting buck wild when she's on her own. But I did feel it. I don't know. Like, you got to let her go now. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Raven does seem like a very responsible, you know, person. And I would say that's thanks to both Karen and Ray. I don't... So... Again, it's college. People are going to, you know... Find themselves. Exactly. So she has to learn to let go, which is hard for any parent, but it has to be done. Well, moving on, we have Katie and Andrew in the car. They're on the way for a romantic getaway for a farm that Karen... I'm sorry, I always do this, (laughs) y'all. That Katie bought back in 05 when she was a Uh model. And they're traveling, like I said. And Katie tells Andrew that she had a blast at Sharice's party. And she noticed how Giselle and Robin weren't dancing. And so then Mm -hmm. Katie brings up um, the butt grab. And, you know, you could tell that Katie didn't really care for the story. And Andrew seems like he kind of brushed it off, too. Like, he was just unfazed Mm -hmm. by it. And so in the middle of them talking, Giselle calls Katie. And Mm -hmm. to Katie and Andrew's disgust, like, you could tell they didn't really want to talk to her. And so, like, while she's on the phone with Giselle, Andrew's, like, making these faces the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I forgot, but he did... What did he call Katie? I mean, what he called um, Giselle and Robin something like bug-eyed and something else. I forgot what he something said. Mud it, or maybe something yeah. like that. It was anyway, some, something. <laughs> yeah, something to that effect. It was shade. Um, but anyway, so they're on the phone with Giselle. Well, really, it's just Katie. And Giselle's just saying, like, you know... She feels like they need to have this party or whatever, or this luncheon to kind of like smooth out their issues. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, I would love for you to come. And so yeah, Katie hits her with the, um, I'll try. And she's yeah. like, listen, Katie, like, I, you know, I need you to be there because, you know, it's not going to be the same without you. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, they get off the phone or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then Andrew just randomly drops a bomb on Katie that he's going to go golfing, or he's going on a golfing trip to Scotland. Mm-hmm. It says that you know the kids can't come, you can't come, it's too many miles to feed, blah blah blah. And then Katie kind of admits like she doesn't really know if Andrew's going to propose to her, but she just knows that there is somebody that God may bring in her life. Well, she didn't say God; I kind of imposed that on her. But mm-hmm. just saying like there's somebody else <laughs> that may be there for her, if not him. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. Yeah, I have really nothing to say about this scene. It was pretty straightforward. Like, okay, the marriage thing again, Giselle. Like, okay, we get it. Mm-hmm. So, moving on to more important, um, well, I would say more 
interesting um, storyline. Oh, this is <laughs> more important. I know you know Michael and Ashley being more important. I was trying to find a word, but you know, stuck is sticking. So it's got stuck. Wow. Anyway, <laughs> we go back. Sorry, we go to damn. We go to Ashley and Michael. And they are um, at their house and they're going to, I guess they're also talking at the top deck of their balcony. Yeah, they had a little rooftop lunch or something was going on. I don't it know if it was nice. rooftop. I really but it like was it. Nice. I need to find me a rich man. I like their view, but you know. <laughs> and um, they just talk about the restaurant and, you know, Michael, didn't Michael say he was talking to someone, a colleague who was saying, I guess, giving them advice about what you should yeah the restaurant which you should do in order to make it successful and they're saying that they have faith in their restaurant which is okay uh (laughs) they have faith in their restaurant and they hope that it runs well so then ashley goes into another topic saying that she wants to get started on mishley on the Mishley train, which is basically a combination of Michael and Ashley's names. And this is the name that she gives their hopeful, their hopefully their future child. And she- the other name she thought about? What was it, MJ and Hawthorne? Something. Some hot yeah. names. <laughs> um, country club names. Yes, so, yes. And she's ready to be a mother. And Michael, I feel like you can kind of see Michael is like, he's not saying that he doesn't want it, but you can tell by his facial expressions that he's kind of hesitant. Well, he's been there, done that, because he already has two biological children that Ashley said are her peers. Yes, but I also, and this is the thing too, which I understand where Michael's coming from, but you also knew getting with Ashley, even if she says she didn't want kids, sometimes that changes for people. So you can't, you know, it's something that, was gonna come up possibly and now it's come up well she said it was biologically imperative for her to well, she did and mm-hmm. and she also what she made a wager or bet saying that if the restaurant makes it past the first year then we are gonna try to have a baby yep no more pulling out michael no <laughs> And then they go on to, she goes on to, Ashley, Ashley goes on to talking about Karen. And while Michael's over Karen, she doesn't want to give up on her because she believes that Karen has a soft side and she really wants to work on a relationship with her. Yeah, and Michael's then, pretty much saying like, he doesn't understand though, like why Karen continues to have issues with them because nothing that she says as far mm-hmm. as like her complaints about them is logical. And honestly, I kind of agree with Michael. I agree. And it's like you said before, again, like she doesn't let things go. And doesn't. Because <laughs> this is like, how long has this been? I feel like this has been like the past two episodes she's been on this or three before this. She dragged it out like yeah. long ass titties. Okay. <laughs> and then speaking of dragging out another um, conversation, Ashley also brings up Gis- Giselle's issue with Michael about grabbing Andrew's butt. Can I, I say something? Uh-huh. No, 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 you go first. I was going to say, like, do you, I know in the last scene that Andrew seemed to make light of it, like he's over it in a way, and I believe probably he is, but do you think it's like, maybe he is like, he didn't like it, but he just doesn't really want to get into it? Do you think it can be that as well? I don't know, but I will say this. Giselle, this is what I'm kind of confused. Like, I don't know if she's genuinely upset 
that he was quote unquote violated or if she's just finding something else to complain about because you know Giselle being selfish I don't know if she's good at being Mm -hmm. an advocate for somebody else um but what's so crazy to me is like Andrew cannot stand Giselle you saw his behavior in the car so I Mm -hmm. find it kind of ironic like she's possibly defending you for being violated by Michael and you can't stand her like I don't know yeah, I feel like because there's definitely they, they touch on this later in the episode. And I also have <laughs> no pun things. intended. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Good one, <laughs> but like I, I definitely want to get in more of this because I do find her views to be kind of conflicting. Mm. So, which that alone should let you know that maybe it's not genuine. But I think that maybe Andrew, maybe he doesn't want to make a big deal about it. Maybe I don't know if he's like embarrassed or if it's just like, yeah, man, he took. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if <laughs> if it were Juan, I don't know if that would be dragged out or if Michael would even try Juan yeah. like that to do it. Or if Michael would even try Ray. Like, would well, honestly, just by default, because he's married to Karen. Mm-hmm. You know, they'd probably drag that out. So I really don't know. Yeah, we don't know. You want to... Uh-huh. Well... We finally see that Katie, hopefully I'm not skipping anything, but Katie and Andrew, they show up to this humongous farm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess it was like the property manager was out there like doing some last minute tidy ups. I just made that Mm -hmm. up. I don't know the word that I'm looking for. Okay. Y'all know that about me by now. Um, And so he was like, Andrew was like, did you want to go to the vortex? And she's like, yeah, we can go. And so they're walking. And I mean, this is a farm farm because you see the cows with flies and stuff on their face Mm -hmm. and everything. And you see these flowers and they're just kind of like on the ground, strategically placed on the ground. And then it Mm -hmm. like leaves you on a cliffhanger. I don't know about you, but mine went on like a quick commercial. And I was like, oh, snap, like what's about to happen? Same, yeah. Yeah, so then you have Katie who awkwardly laughs for a little bit because Andrew's like acting kind of awkward. And then he gets on both knees and he finally does what? Proposes. Yay. I think if she didn't like harass the viewers all season long, I mean, I was happy for her, but I was also like, it felt like he was forced to do it. And maybe he did it as a distraction because he told her that he was going to Scotland. No, I'm kidding. Mm -hmm. But But no, it's funny you mentioned that because I was going to ask you, do you think this was for TV? Because I do feel like it was just like, okay, it kind of wraps up everything, but it seemed very eh. Uh, good for her. Love comes through after all. You know, (laughs) I just, I feel like you had to pull teeth to get Andrew to ask you. Mm-hmm. I want a man to just genuinely, like, why should I even have to throw a hint? Like, the most hint I should say is, yes, you know, I'm dating with the intent of getting married. But, mm-hmm. like, I don't want to have to keep telling you that over and over again. I would want you to just genuinely love me enough to say, you know what? I'm about to get down mm-hmm. on me, baby, because, you know, I, I don't have to convince you or stalk you. Yeah. Or it shouldn't be that hard. Mm-mm. Um, also, I want to ask you another question. She says that she's found her soulmate. And I want to ask you... You better not ask me if I found my soulmate. I'm not going to ask you that, oh. but I'm going to ask you... <laughs> let me get it out. Let me have shady-ass questions. Do you believe in the idea of a soulmate? Hmm. Yeah, but I think, as some people always say, like soulmates are not always going to be 
romantic it could be like a platonic like regular mm-hmm. friendship it could be like somebody in your family as far as like your parent um mm-hmm. it could be siblings like i don't think that soulmate is always gonna be what we traditionally think of as like romantic times mm-hmm. um but i do believe that soulmates exist what about you okay I mean, I, it's funny, like, I was going to say something different, but I'm still going to say it. But as you, like, broke it down, I actually, like, agree with you in terms of, like, a soulmate can just be, like, anyone, whether it's, like, a friend, like, or mm-hmm. family, love, whatever. I was going to also say that I feel like soulmate doesn't exist. I mm-hmm. think it's just a term used to sell but that's my very cynical side but also it is used to sell stuff so I don't know (laughs) I mean I guess if I I would be naive if I think soulmate is strictly romantic because some people may not ever experience Mm -hmm. quote unquote true romance Um, but I feel like you know just think of that person that you just feel like you're so in sync with Mm -hmm. you talk to all the time like they're your person I feel like a soulmate could be like your person like when something happens it's the first person you run on the phone or the first person you run and see like that's the person mm-hmm. you are just so I think this sounds really weird so y'all please don't take this the wrong way but I'm so close to my cousin and we always accuse each other of witchcraft because we finish each other's sentences or I'll say something and she'll like like we're texting each other we'll text like the same thought to each other like stuff like that we're actually Mm. born on the same day um Mm. you know so it's like because we share so many life experience our moms are sisters um we experience the same loss as far as like family like i feel like she's my soulmate and again it's not a romantic thing because i don't live in alabama shout out to alabama how y'all doing um but you know yeah Mm-hmm. Like she's my person. That's nice. He said, "Cool story, bro." No, I don't think it is. <laughs> I don't. I'm speechless. That's why I said it's nice. I don't know. What <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So we got the proposal. Yay! All mm-hmm. right. Then we have Giselle, and I just again, anytime I see a scene with Giselle and her children, you know mm-hmm. I love seeing her and mommy So they're in the kitchen preparing food um and they got these big ass slabs of butter (laughs) (laughs) on this little piece of bread but they were preparing for Giselle's father to come over Mm -hmm. to the house yes so his name is Curtis and he eventually arrives at the house and Giselle talks about how her she explains how her father was influential in the civil rights movement specifically in Texas and that she asked Herman, you know, your boy Herman. Not my boy. <laughs> and like he helped her, he helped her father get honored and put into the congressional record. And he didn't so even get the draws. No. <laughs> and he's going to be honored in the next couple of days. So that's why he's um, staying at Giselle's place. And Isn't that crazy. Uh huh. Nothing. I mean, I don't no. want to talk bad about Herman because I don't been on this man. But it's like, Herman is down bad. But continue. (laughs) We get more to Herman at the end. (laughs) But I really like this scene. Again, I really like when, you know, you have your elders talking about, like, their past and their childhood growing up. Because it really puts things into into perspective, you know. He told a very moving story, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so he talks about him... um, 
working with MLK, their activism, and he talks about like a pl- planning a concert with him was a fundraiser. And he told Martin Luther King that they didn't have enough tickets to sell. And then Curtis says that he, MLK, I'm just going to say that MLK knelt down and started talking to God. And basically by the grace of God, a few minutes later, there was a guy in a limo that came uh-uh, through. You missed the thing because God Wait. told Martin Luther King to do something about them tickets. Oh, he told him to give them away to the people. He told him to give them away to the people. And they were going to do that. But I guess as God's grace have it, has it, whatever the saying is, I'm probably wrong. But even then, <laughs> God forgive me. But then a guy in a limo comes, um, comes around and wanting to purchase a ticket. And he gave them a check for twenty five thousand dollars, and this was in nineteen sixty. So we all know that was tons of money. Oh yeah, shit, it's yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is, but you know, especially then. Yeah. And basically, that check allowed them to have the money that they needed, and they gave they were able to give the rest of the tickets out for everyone, so no one really had to pay. And that was a really moving story. It was, and you know, the dad was like, I get so full every time I tell this story. So you could tell it was something that was very um, mm-hmm. sentimental to him because he said that he witnessed a miracle happen. Have you mm-hmm. ever witnessed a miracle before your very eyes? No, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. But we're also I, still young. Yeah, so I can't really, yeah, I can't really say. But I really just, again, I like seeing this dynamic. You have, like, the grandfather, the daughter, and then the grandchildren. Like, I just, I like that, and sharing a story like this. You know what, though? I wonder, with them being so young, do they understand, like, the magnitude of who their grandfather is and, like, for him to mm-hmm. even share that story. You know, I forgot which one, but she was like, that was a really long story. Mm-hmm. I know it's because she's a child, but I hope yeah. that one day, and it's good that they caught that on film so they can look mm-hmm. back at it, you know, when they're older and just yeah. kind of understand like the impact that their grandfather has had literally on this country. It's funny you also mentioned that again, getting the impact of it, because it reminds me of like my grandmother, like, mm-hmm my mom's mom but she passed away a few years ago and she but she would also like you know as growing up she would tell like she grew up as a sharecropper okay and there were certain things stories she would tell but it's like you know it's fun like oh that's cool that's you know hmm. but you know as a kid you're just listening you know like you're comprehending but you're not really getting the full absorbing like yeah Mm-hmm. And it's now that I'm older, I'm like, I, w- I always say, like, I wish I could ask them more, like, specific questions, mm-hmm. you know, about it. That As I can't we all do, because I mean, both yeah. Of, yeah, all of my grandparents are gone, so I absolutely, and it's like, now that we're an adult and we know the questions that we want to ask because mm-hmm. we have a little bit more experience in life and we know our yeah. history a lot better, you know, there's definitely a lot of um, regret that goes there, but... Mm-hmm. I hope that I'm pretty sure they've heard several stories and he's probably told the same stories to them over and over again that mm-hmm. when they get older I think it will sink in but yeah. it's not different. like not every grandfather can say that they work closely and side by side with Martin Luther King yeah that's definitely yep and so yeah mm-hmm. um any final thoughts on that dinner I guess 
Um, I don't. Only final thought I have is that I hope the food was good. So I didn't see nothing that I wanted. I mean, that bread looked good only because it had them chunks of butter on it. But that salad looked a little weak. And I just nah. Like when you if my if I'm traveling all the way from Texas to the East Coast, you mm-hmm. better have me some fried chicken, some yams, some uh, macaroni and cheese, some um, you know, the usuals. If that was me. If that was me, I'm just going to order that food. So find a soul food spot and order it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so speaking of food, you want to go into the next scene? Well, I'll just say this. Uh-huh. I don't know, before I say going to food, you just see some like homemade clips. I guess they did on their cell phone. So they kind of touched on Giselle and her dad being officially honored. Oh, yeah. Then you had Ashley kind of show us a little preview of her... Um, restaurant what's it called the oz mm-hmm. and then you have karen and raven you know getting ready to um pretty much pack up mm-hmm. now you said speaking of food do i have my notes together for food oh yes I, yeah <laughs> so you got robin and giselle they're the first to show up for this come to jesus luncheon sorry before you um continue i just want to mention i actually have been to that restaurant the oz no, the old Angler's Inn, the one that they had the coming to Jesus dinner that you're about to explain. I just want to make that note. <laughs> Let me ask you this before we go in, because I'm going to ask questions about restaurant. Uh-huh. Was the Oz, was that in Alexandria? It was in Arlington. Oh. I actually never seen it in person, but yeah, I know it was like in Arlington. Okay. So tell me about the restaurant where they met up. Can you tell me like, is the food good? You're bougie. Cause that was like a I- nice little bougie spot. Well, I thank my grandmother. Sorry, not my grandmother, my godmother. She's the one who you took me in. Grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> I paid for it. It's actually in Potomac. So, oh. so, so my my godmother actually grew up in Potomac. And she showed really? me around. Yeah, so she showed me the neighborhood that she like lived in because she's lived in. And then Can we I got. Cut you off? Uh huh. Let me tell y'all something, because he done pissed me off, and I'm trying to keep it together. We've been, watch- we've been watching this show. you going to wait till we get to the final episode to tell me that you know somebody that grew up in Potomac? <laughs> what is wrong? I mean, what? What? <laughs> you don't think I could have, you know, maybe liked that information when we first I really... So I, it really... I didn't even think about it like that. Clearly, you didn't. But okay, so your godmother took you to the restaurant. She grew up in Potomac. Continue. Yeah, she. We went there, and this was like I don't know. It had to be 2014 or something, and I barely remembered the food, but it was definitely overpriced, expensive. Well, but I didn't think it was. Yeah, I didn't. So. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you judge. Okay, mm, okay. No, not like that. I'm just saying, if she's from Potomac, I know she wasn't gonna say we're gonna we'll split the bill. I know she would do like that. <laughs> were you able but, to walk uh, from the cobblestone? You or her? Yeah. Well, you know, I had tennis shoes, so it wasn't that Those like they, them. Hmm? they were struggling. Yeah, they were all of them. Yeah. Sorry. Continue. I just wanted to mention that. Of course. Um. I'm so sorry. So, anyways, <laughs> um, they get to the restaurant. Robin uh-huh. and Giselle are the first to arrive, and to this come to Jesus luncheon, followed by Karen, 
And I'm going to just keep it real with y'all. There was so much to unpack from this point forward. So, you know, uh, Karen kind of has a conversation with the three of them, amongst the three of them. So Robin just mm-hmm. herself. And they're just kind of saying, like, Karen's trying to figure out, like, what are the vibes for today? Because, you know, I really don't get along with some of the people that are coming. Really, she's just talking about Ashley as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. And Robin says that, like, Ashley's still trying to grow. So maybe give her a little bit more grace. Um, and you can tell Karen's not really trying to hear all of that. Mm-hmm. So then um, Sharice shows up, followed by Ashley. And then, you know, Ashley does hug Karen. She hugs everyone. She hugs Karen as well. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that it was like a weird hug, but Sharice kind of brought up that the hug felt a little, you know, dry. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so then after that, you have Giselle, who's explaining, like, this is the purpose of the dinner. And mm-hmm. she says, I have this reserve sign. And whoever is holding the reserve sign, because we're going to talk about our issues, but whoever's holding this reserved sign is not allowed to talk. Now, this mm-hmm. is the thing. All of the ladies are there except for Katie. Mm-hmm. Now, again, I said there was a lot to unpack. I couldn't even keep up with how fast the arguments yeah. were going. So, you know, it starts off with Karen. Karen's the one that's going off. And she immediately starts going off on Ashley. Like, you mm-hmm. can tell she might have been like, harboring this in for like a long ass time because of course we all know Karen doesn't know how to let go of stuff mm-hmm. um, and she pretty much tells her do not put my child's name in your mouth again she's like you need to wait until you become a real woman and become a mother I know that Michael and you were practicing the pull out method but you need to tell him to stay in and go ahead and ejaculate inside of you or something crazy she was uh, saying yeah, at the wrote, table. I wrote it down because it was kind of funny she was like stay in ejaculate procreate and get a baby of your own and move it off of mine. I was like, okay. Well, do you think she was doing too much? Of course, she was doing too much. This is ridiculous. Like, what's the point? What was the reason? What was the reason? But you know, the thing that I love about Ashley is, Ashley said, F the rules about holding this damn sign. I'm going to tell you what I need to say right now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Ashley's responding, saying that it's not even about Raven. It's about the fact that, you know, you pretty much judged my husband and and our marriage. Um, and then Karen's like, baby, I'm only judging what you give me. And <laughs> it was just a lot of back and forth. Yeah. What side was, are you on? Um, okay, I would say this, that I understand maybe Karen's point not wanting just anyone around her daughter. I get it. But it is overboard. And I also don't think Ashley is like coming from she's like some predator or just a horrible person coming from a bad place right i'm more so on ashley's side and i was and i i agree with ashley she's saying that you know you're also talking about my marriage and insinuating that we're freaky and like we're just on this crazy stuff and it's like you don't even really know me don't so and this do you have anything else more to say about this part not really I agree and, with you. Yeah. And actually, before we get into more of it, because it's a lot, I want to have a little fun game. Ooh. Well, I want you to, like, let's just judge the ladies' outfits. Because I don't know, it was funny because when I saw Giselle come in, I'm like, what is that hat on her head? The whole thing was tacky. It was tacky. <laughs> I think the best dress, because I ain't going to lie. Well, there was two that I thought was really nice. I liked Ashley's outfit. Mm-hmm. And Karen looked nice too. And I didn't realize Karen got a donk, man. I said, dang, she is dragging that wagon up yeah. them steps. She, I would say she's like, she's a MILF. She's well, definitely. Oh. 
She is. She is. I mean, but I don't. Cool I don't want to f her, but oh, she's definitely, she has mm-hmm. that milky vibe. Like, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure growing up, Raven's little male friends or her son's male friends, they probably like, "What's going on, Miss Hugo?" <laughs> And they probably wanted to hug her and hold her a little bit longer than, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, like, I didn't like Robin's polka dot dress or whatever. I don't even remember what she... Oh. Because <laughs> I think that Giselle's outfit was so distracting. Like, how can really? I really remember? Yeah, I don't... I never. I did not understand that at all. Yeah. <laughs> the only reason like why... I'll try to go ahead. I was gonna say the only reason I remember what Ashley had on because it was so vibrant, but like mm-hmm. outside of that, that hat was ugly AF. It's like a church hat. But not even like a cute church hat. It looked like a cult, <laughs> a culty type church hat. <laughs> a culty type church hat. See, it's the first day of the new year. I'm supposed to be doing better, and I'm over here being petty. <laughs> not starting off January first. <sighs> Messy is in the name. It this, is. So. Well, you provoked me this time. Well, speaking of more mess, we get into Katie. So Katie arrives finally and yeah. then she tells the ladies about her engagement. Everyone is so excited and happy. And she finally achieved the goal that she's been winning all season. And can I say this? Mm-hmm. I feel like before she knew that she was going to be uh, engaged, I don't think Katie probably had any intentions of showing up. But I think that, yeah, yeah, I feel like the only reason why she showed up is because I was married. Now, well, she's not married, but she wanted to show off her ring. Yeah. Fuck you, bitches. I'm married. Right, right. right. (laughs) You see this, Robin? You see this, Giselle? This is what a real relationship looks like. So yeah, like you were saying, the girls are all giddy. They're all excited. Mm-hmm. They're asking questions like, how do you propose? Blah, blah, blah. And then Robin's hating ass interrupts and she's like, I would like to move on. Because mm-hmm. originally, after um, Karen and Ashley, the car was supposed to go to Sharice. Which, mm-hmm. sidebar, did Sharice have any beef with anybody for real outside of Robin for like, tw- I mean, outside of Giselle for like two seconds? No. Mm-mm. Yeah. Not that I'm aware. It, yeah, no, she didn't. Yeah, to my knowledge, I don't think she did. But then you have um, Robin who snatched a little reserve card because she was ready to get into it. And, you know, <laughs> Katie was all like, no, I'm in a love bubble. I, what did she say? I'm in a bubble of love. And, like, she was not trying to hear it. Yeah. But then Robin straight up said, I just feel like you need to... Yeah, this was a lot again. To they were going, so I'm going. We're going to try to like summarize as much as possible. And give Ray is going to try to summarize as much well. as possible. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, yeah, she brings. She talks about that, and she talks about the Andrew butt grab situation, and, and then Rob. Yeah, Robin says it's not a straight black. Says straight black men don't grab each other's butts, and again, this doesn't. I feel like this makes no sense. I adding race into this concept didn't make any sense and I like what you said before about it's really not that it's a consent issue mm-hmm. and it really is but again they go into the race thing and then Katie's just over oh, Robin is saying and then they go back and forth and then Katie said if you really want to know the answer in terms of what white men do find a white guy and ask them 
And I was like, right, because yeah. she was like, well, you're married. Robin was like, well, you're married to a white guy, and she's married to a white guy. Are you date white guys? Like, so mm-hmm. I figured y'all would know, which was yeah. because let me tell you, you cannot. Just because you dated somebody outside your race does not make you the representative of, you know, mm-hmm. and just like black people are not monolithic, white exactly. people aren't either. So, yeah. And I, I can't even believe she got me defending white people. Wait, okay, let me shut up. Continue. <laughs> Continue. I didn't mean it like that, but y'all know what I mean. Yeah, we, we get it. Um, and basically Giselle chimes in and Giselle talks about her issue with the butt grab incident she says that it's not a, a straight thing or a race thing it's about a disrespect thing which I agree with but then we also then go back to the race thing right and... she's telling Katie she feels like Katie has an issue with being black which again I I would say I did not see it at all I think she was just acknowledging that again she's biracial I mean, we talk about this several times that she understands, I feel like Katie understands how the world sees her. Again, she's going to live, like her experience is that of a black woman based on what she looks like. Mm -hmm. But again, she is biracial. I mean, two things can be true. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that, I just feel like Giselle specifically was gaslighting Katie a lot right now, making it seem like she was saying something that she wasn't. And I think what bothers me about it is like Giselle and Robin seem to have like lack of nuance in like this conversation. Mm-hmm. And I just think that this is not something that I kind of came up with, but it's something that's been said. But then I feel like rewatching this, I feel like it's even more clear. I think that Giselle and Robin, again, they I know we say that they project often, but I think it's a lot of it is because people always assume that they were white or biracial or whatever. And it's like, they're like, no, I, I think they always have to defend their blackness. So they stand like 10 toes deep into it. And then like when it, you, they have Katie come around who... It's just more visibly black, basically, than they mm-hmm. are. And she's saying, well, yeah, but I'm also biracial. They view that as like an insult saying, oh, you don't like your black side when that's not what Katie is saying. No. So I think they're putting their experience on it and like not really hearing what Katie has to say. Right. And I think I will give, I don't really know what Robin's deal is, but I will give Giselle the benefit of the doubt because she kind of mm-hmm. mentioned like her father was in civil rights. He was in the civil mm-hmm. rights movement heavy. So she never wants to deny her blackness. Yeah. Which so I, I get. Yeah. That I will give her a little a little pass because I get mm-hmm. it. Um, but overall, like just this argument really is Yeah. You know <laughs> it's really dragged on. And it's dragged. so speaking and so Sharice agrees with it. And she um, chimes in saying that the Giselle and Robin do bring up race a lot when unnecessary and I just need to let it go. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know if it happened before Sharice made the comment or after, but because I, I heard you about to say, speaking of drag, I feel like you were about to bring up Karen. Because then Karen <laughs> decided to put back on her, um, her etiquette hat and try to be the bigger person and just talk yeah. about... Because I guess, you know what? It was Sharice. Sharice might have said, like, I think the issue amongst the group. Was it Sharice or Karen? I don't even remember. Sharice like said, said it. Sharice said it first, and then Karen talked. Then Karen put on her big girl panties and tried to be, you know, 
like the responsible one. They're just talking and, about like the issue is boundaries. Like people are getting yeah. because we're not ex- respecting each other's boundaries. Also. You know, and I'm and I'm just like Karen. You could have said this a few episodes ago. Um, <laughs> you could have. This could have been like then literally like. <laughs> she drag stuff. You know what? Speaking of drag, almost forgot. You remember when they first arrived, and Karen was like, "Oh, Giselle, I see you're sitting in the middle of this the table." Yeah. My <laughs> like, girl, put it out. Get over it. Just get over it. Like I don't like this. Okay. But yes, somehow in the midst of all this chaos. Mm-hmm. Therese decided that they wanted to get champagne for all the ladies and they wanted to have a toast. Mm-hmm. And in that toast, they all needed to say one word, I guess, to describe themselves. Something. I, I actually forgot. I, I didn't even know what they said. Well, I didn't care to write down <laughs> that either. I just wrote down, like, you know, at the end, what, you know, you know what every Housewife shows does, like what happens post the show. There was only one thing that I cared about that I really, really paid attention. Well, there are a few, but go ahead. So it started so, off with Charisse. Uh-huh. I just wrote that Eddie still is in New Jersey. I didn't really write down the other stuff because it was just kind of eh. I mean, because that's the biggest thing that we care about. Yeah. So well, Eddie's I guess she hasn't come out with her hip-hop album yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eddie? <laughs> <laughs> like that's going to happen. Anyway, so then we get into Katie. She's still, by this point, she's still engaged. But they also broke up and then they got back together again and then they don't have a wedding date planned yet. Okay, but time out. When was this show recorded? I think this was, like, filmed. I I came out in 2016, so I'm assuming it was filmed in 2015. Because what's so shady about it is that it said he wouldn't get married until June 2022. <laughs> well, speaking of shade, Karen... It says that her Ray are still dating and that she talks to Ray four times a day, which I don't believe because let the girl have a life. And then Giselle, again, they talk about she's launching her new makeup line, Every Hue Beauty. She has no plans to get, to get back with Jamal. And Herman is still waiting on date number forever. Child. I mean, he did that for your daddy. You should at least give him a kiss on the cheek, at least. Hmm. You have more to say about Herman, your boy? No, Herman, <laughs> you were down so bad, my guy. And I can tell you probably really did like her, because to honor her father like that, and that girl yeah. you on national television, like... Yeah, that's... Let it happen to me, though. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the boondocks. Uh... <laughs> And Ashley, um, her restaurant Oz is, has opened, and they're still not breaking even. Mm-hmm. And last, matter. and lastly, Robin, their house went into foreclosure, and they moved to a small house, and they're still living together. Uh uh-uh, uh with the upgraded kitchen. Yeah, with upgraded kitchen. And he still so. goes to the mailbox. <laughs> yep. And they again, they still live together. Whatever their quote unquote relationship is, and that's what they have. So, time for the best part: winner yes. and winner and loser. So let's start with the winner. Honestly, it was hard for me to come up with winner winners, but I ended up picking two. You Do know, I have zero. I really. Yeah. 
I was just gonna I just said Sharice just for the fact of like you know she just got off her 50th birthday she seems to be refreshed and wanting to start this new chapter you know I was thinking yeah and honestly I added Katie just for the fact that she got what she wanted at the end good for her whatever I know but I was just like okay I'm gonna give it to her because you know she got a ring that's what she wanted so good for her she's a winner I guess <laughs> mm. so mm. loser so who's you, you want to say all a loser? of them all okay. of them except oh, okay. for Sharice yeah I don't Kinda. I was gonna say I said Karen Giselle and Robin so actually I'm gonna give Ashley winner too real quick because yeah. she did hold her on at that table that's true she did she said something smart under her breath to um I hate that I don't remember <laughs> but she did get her when she was like you need to calm down you need to chill out did you blah blah dang I wish I would remember she said something real smart but yeah I agree <laughs> with you Robin corny um, yeah cause again with her argument like girl mm-hmm. that. um I just feel like, again, I mean, it came together at the end, but I don't know if they just resolved it for the sake of it's the last episode. Let's try to bring mm-hmm. this together. Or if they yeah. genuinely had some walked away feeling like, okay, I'm glad we got it off our chest. Because I feel like the messiest person should never be in charge of hosting an event where people are supposed to come together. I agree. If anything, it should have been Sharice. Yeah, because she seems like she might have been the most neutral. Mm-hmm. You know, and then Giselle's walking off the table. You made it. You thought it was a problem to be black. I'm like, yeah. okay. Like, girl, girl, sit down with that tacky ass. <laughs> I'm like, what are you gonna do? Like, it's just like you're the one who planned this come to Jesus moment, but then you're the one who got Buck and just left the table. Yeah. So, it's- and you want to talk about etiquette? Homegirl was trying to talk with her mouth full of food. <laughs> I was like, girl, can you chew that food and swallow it before you try to say something out <laughs> And so what would you give, um, rate this episode? I, I would give it maybe like an 8.5, maybe. Hmm. Uh-oh. No, I'm, I'm not, I actually, you might be surprised about this. I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10. Wow. I think- I think just for the fact that I did, I think this episode kind of wrapped up a few things, but also it didn't. So it's going to lead us to like, if you watch, you know, pre next season, it's going to start with some mess. So yeah, I don't know. It was a good season finale. I feel especially for, especially for our first, like, yeah, for our first season, they did a, you know, pretty entertaining, pretty good job. And I'm going to tell you guys, this is why I was so hooked on the show. Like, I did not watch all of The Housewives. I have dibbled and dabbled watching. Um, so I'm like, I watched Orange County for a little bit. Then it lost me, especially because it started like so long ago. And it's like hella mm-hmm. seasons. I tried to watch a little bit of Beverly Hills, kind of got out of it. I tried to watch Salt Lake City, got into it and stopped after the first. Like, there was a lot of tried to watch him wasn't really committed to wanting to finish of course i watched the real housewives of atlantic i mean of atlantic child please <laughs> of atlanta lost no yeah um i tried to watch or i did watch housewives of atlanta and i think that and maybe i'm biased because i'm black and so maybe it targets mm-hmm. their audience i don't know um but what i'll say is that 
that show had me hooked from the beginning to end and it was only the first season mm-hmm. um and personally and i'm not gonna spoil it for anybody if you never watched it i really enjoyed going back and just seeing the women you know in their prime but mm-hmm. there has been so much like the show's only gotten better from here is what i'll say though i don't really care for this season it's probably the first time but that's like out of how many seasons that they've had so far yeah I definitely think, you know, I definitely agree with you. And again, I started, I watched the show during quarantine and I didn't expect it to be as good as it was. But it's definitely like a sleeper hit for it years. It was like, so, yeah. Any, I'll tell you this. I cannot wait for us to watch the reunion. Um, yes. Reunion, again, I watched it so long ago, but it just seems like there was some moment seeing Robin and Katie go have a nice little back and forth. Mm-hmm. I don't know who Karen was getting upset with. Did you see her getting a little whatever? Was it Ashley? I don't remember, but you just see everyone have like their little moments, but mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, can't wait. Can't wait. So next time is going to be the season finale part one. And we can't wait to see you guys there and listen to all the mess that we have to say. And round of applause to Rhea and I, because I can't believe, like, we made it this episode 10. Like, we really are about mm-hmm. to finish um, this first season for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Should we announce now or do you want to wait? Because we are going to re- uh, start covering another show. We already know. Do you want to announce it now or do you want to wait until the last episode? Hmm. I think we should wait till the last episode okay. so people, we'll yeah, because technically we're not completely finished. So, all right, yeah, guys. Let's I can't keep secrets, but we'll wait. We'll wait. And with that being said, that wraps up this episode of Messy Reality Breakdown, the podcast where we break down our favorite reality shows in the name of fun, shade, and a splash of messiness. Thank you all for listening. Catch you next time.